Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey friends, welcome back to WISE. I know I didn't put out an episode last week and just real talk, I have had so much on my plate and a lot has been going on as I've been talking to you about and I promise I'm going to share what it is that's been going on with me soon. So I'm just kind of sitting with it right now, letting myself process everything and yeah, that's where we are with that. And today's episode is going to be a follow-up to the episode from two weeks ago, which was how to feel sexy, how to feel yourself. And specifically today, I'm going to be talking about the connections between food and sex, not necessarily together. Like I've never been into that. Like, I don't know if you have, but (laughs) to me, it's like that seems kind of messy and sticky and like, I don't really want that. But I'm really going to be asking questions for you to think about the themes that come up between our relationship with food and our relationship with sex, which is really just about our relationship to pleasure and the degree to which we allow ourselves to feel pleasure, the degree to which we think we deserve pleasure. And real talk, I, second time I say real talk already in this episode, I have struggled with this my whole life, and I really think that that is what eating disorders are about. I think that, you know, we starve ourselves, and not even eating disorders, just eating disordered behavior. We starve ourselves to, because we don't think that we deserve that pleasure. We don't think that we uh, deserve to have connection, and pleasure is really just connection to self. And anytime that we do any sort of behavior with food or sex or whatever it is, in terms of like deprivation or restriction, it's really about disconnection. So that's the main thing that I want to come across in this podcast today are just the themes. And if you have had a tumultuous relationship with food, it isn't surprising that perhaps you would also have had the same relationship with sex and your sexuality. So I'm going to be talking about those things today. I'm also going to be giving you a few tips, not like sex tips or anything like that, but ways that you can feel more connected to yourself, uh, ways that you can explore yourself, discover, even with food, like these things are really, really, really connected. And going to get into that in one second. We are in September now. Actually, this is coming out on Labor Day. And I have two slots open for intuitive macros in September, which I just said that this is the month two available slots open for one-on-one coaching. We have welcomed almost nine people into, or nine people, I don't know why I said almost, 
in the past two or three weeks into my intuitive macro program. People are getting incredible results. They're feeling satiated. They are losing weight, even from my intuitive macro group program. getting feedback that people lost. Some people lost like 15 pounds. They're feeling good. Most importantly, they have learned how to navigate themselves through the world of food. When I teach intuitive macros and when I teach food and nutrition, it's not just like, hey, eat this. I teach you tools for you to be able to discern these things for yourself so that you can have a sustainable relationship with food forever. So the way that I coach is like, okay, let's work together for three or six or nine months. Sometimes people are with me for a year which is amazing. And at the end of that, you will never have to get another food program again, another nutrition program again, because I've taught you all the tools to be able to navigate things for yourself, how to assess biofeedback, how to, what's your psychological relationship with food? What are your beliefs and patterns? And how does that come up with your relationship with food, which we're also going to explore in this episode. But I am so proud of this program that I've put together. It's really, you know, the culmination of almost nine years of doing, of working with people on their nutrition to some capacity. It's been a really long road for me. And I think because of that experience, because of that time, because I've worked with so many people, I really know what works. And it's not an information problem. I put an Instagram post about this last week that When it comes to dieting and when it comes to, you know, really getting to a place where you feel good with your nutrition, it's not an information problem. It's a problem of accountability, of support, because once you actually decide that you want to work on your nutrition, like you can't hide anymore. And sometimes we hide with food. And I'm just getting flashbacks to how that felt for me. It feels like such a safe world when you're hiding with food and you like have these secretive behaviors that you do with food. I know that for me, the way that I think of it is like if we think of life and we think of life in black and white or color. When I was in my active eating disorder and even when I was just obsessed with like healthy eating the only brightness and color that I had in my life was food. Like literally that was the only thing that I had to look forward to. It was obsessive. It was like little blips of, again, this colorful world that only lasted while I was eating the food. Then I would go back to reality, which was like this gray world of sadness and like, oh my God, I just binged or whatever it was. And that, you know, it is not the way that we are meant to live. And I have so much compassion for that struggle and for that journey. And I know what it takes to get out of it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it is out of my scope to treat eating disorders. So I do not work with people in active eating disorders. But it is not out of my scope to teach somebody who has recovered from eating disorders or somebody who has potentially just some issues with food. Uh, Those are the types of people that I work with. And, you know, what I was saying before I got off on a little tangent was that when you have a good relationship with food and you're feeding yourself well, it kind of feels like the whole world is in color. And yes, you get enjoyment from food. Yes, you get pleasure from food. But it's not this like frantic energy that we feel around it of 
you know, feeling shame and guilt over what we're eating. The whole world is in color. And then we fuel ourselves and we feed ourselves in order to maintain that colorful life and that colorful world. So the color and the vibrancy doesn't just exist when we're eating. It exists at all times. And typically when our only source of that joy and that color is when we're eating Like we want that feeling all the time. And as much as I wish that I literally had a bottomless stomach, (laughs) that I could just like eat whatever and get like pleasure from food all the time. Like life just doesn't work like that. It's like just not reality. I remember my friends used to ask me like a long time ago, if you could have one wish, if a genie came and you could have one wish, what would it be? I was like that I could just eat all day. Not money, not like whatever else, but like, yes, that was my wish. That wouldn't be my wish now. But the main message that I want to come across at that is that there is life beyond food. There is life beyond our neuroses with food, beyond food obsession. It is so much better than the world that we live in while we are in that and while we feel uncomfortable in our bodies. And my mission is to get you there. So in the show notes, there's a link to schedule a call with me. Please schedule a call with me. If not, if you can't find the link, just DM me on Instagram or go to my Instagram bio. There is a link to schedule a call there or just send me a DM and I'll send you the link and we can sort of chat back and forth about that. All of that to say, two spots open, grab them, uh, schedule a call and we will talk. But anyway, let's get started with this episode. So I'm actually thinking that I am going to be bringing actual experts about sex eventually on this show. I have been getting such incredible feedback from you all that you love these solo episodes, which is why I haven't been putting out interviews. But I'm feeling that itch that soon I'm going to put those interviews out. I know I've been saying it, but I've been loving the momentum that I've been having with this. So we're going to stick with it for a few more weeks. Next week's episode is going to be all about how to basically feel comfortable in your skin, feel comfortable in your thoughts, feel comfortable in your mind. And my Instagram stories this week, I talked about how I am really stepping to that next level. And when you step to that next level, you hit a new level of personal development too. And I'm going through that right now. And I've gotten to that level by letting go of listening to my shitty thoughts, basically. And not believing the stories and all of the anxieties that run through my brain. Like emotions are amazing and valuable, but they don't serve me if I want to get to where I want to go. Some of them. I mean, they are information, but I can't listen to them if I have a goal. I can't listen to them if I want to be who I actually want to be. So I'm going to be doing an episode all about that. And I'm going to be sharing resources and books. And maybe I'll do a webinar on that one day because I really think that that, how to manage your mind and your brain and your thoughts is like a life skill that we all need to learn. And I wish that I had been taught this when I was a teenager, honestly, because back then I had no idea that this even existed, that I could even listen to myself, that I could take care of myself, literally nothing So I'm really passionate about it. And all of our stuff comes down to that. So that's coming to let's get into this sex episode, which is really just going to be me talking for a little bit. So when it comes to sex and food, there's really no higher desires for a human than to eat and then to reproduce. If we think of a basic human desire, those are 
the things that are the most prevalent. And good food has similar neural pathways as good sex. So there's the dopamine, which is like that happy, feel good chemical. And also good food and good sex builds intimacy, specifically with good sex for women. When women have an orgasm, they release oxytocin, which is another happiness chemical, which is why if you have ever had sex with somebody and then felt had an orgasm and then felt immediately closer to them that's why it's like it's this love chemical that comes out which is why and i'm not going to get into this right now uh i don't do this anymore (laughs) but when i was younger i'm sure we've all had our moments where we have maybe slept with people who were not you know people that we were not in a relationship with And then you suddenly feel like in love with them. I mean, I'm talking like my early 20s and stuff and maybe mid 20s, um, which no shame if you're doing that now, like do what you got to do. I'm all for anybody exploring in whatever way they want to. But I'm just saying that when we when that happens, we release that chemical, which is why we might feel like really extra in love with that person because there are brain chemicals that get gets really that get released same thing with good food when we have hyper palatable foods when we have foods that are super delicious and super super tasty that creates a dopamine hit in the brain which is like ching it lights up in the brain and that is why a lot of foods are addictive and that because we chase that dopamine hit and the same thing happens with love too if you have ever been in like a texting relationship with somebody let's say it's like the early stages of a relationship and um let's say you guys or you all are texting a lot every time you see that person's name it releases that dopamine. It's like you have this relationship and it's fun and it's exciting and it might be new. See that person's name pop up and it's the same thing, like the little cha-ching, here we go. (laughs) Same thing happens with food, which is why with food, we feel that little, should I say it again, the cha-ching, we feel that thing. And which is why foods become increasingly addictive. Because what happens is that the first bite that we take of food is the most pleasurable for these hyperpalatable foods. Uh, it's not going to be the same with like chicken or a steak, even though those are delicious too. But we're not going to necessarily overeat them the way that we would brownies. So we get that hit, ching, and then we continue to eat and search for that hit again and again and again and again. And it doesn't matter how much we eat, that feeling that hit of pleasure is never going to be as pronounced as that first one. This is called the law of diminishing returns with food specifically there. You know, that's a term that's used for many things. But every single time we take a bite, the pleasure diminishes a little bit. And yet we continue to look for that initial hit of pleasure by eating more and eating more and eating more and it never comes. So the brain lights up in the same way with sex. Another thing is, is like aphrodisiacs. I don't know why I started there. But aphrodisiacs, like that's another, even though like this has never been a thing for me, a lot of people say that there are foods for, uh, you know, for organs to function properly and for you to be turned on and stuff. I'm like, just eat healthy. Make sure that you drink a lot of water. (laughs) You should be good and lift weights because that's going to help you too with your with you know feeling 
sexy. But, um, you know, oysters and chocolate are known in cultures and in movies as like, ooh, these things are aphrodisiacs. They're supposed to turn us on. Food and sex also activate the, the limbic system of the brain, which com- which controls emotional activity. And again, they really, really bring out that dopamine. Now, the thing is, because there is so much pleasure involved with these things, in to a certain extent, we have to have some restraint and some control with them. Obviously, if you are in a monogamous relationship, uh, you do have to control <laughs> your urges with people. Of course, I-, I do think that it's natural to be attracted to other people, even if you are married even if you are in a relationship with somebody like you're still human just because you got married or you are in a monogamous relationship doesn't excuse you from being human. But the thing is, then we can restrain ourselves and perhaps not go a little bit deeper into that. Obviously, if you have another type of relationship, like, you know, you do you, but to a certain extent, also like there's a thing of STDs and like, porn a lot of people can't handle a lot of porn because it creates that same pleasure that same um, law of diminishing returns where it doesn't matter how much you are exposed to it never has that initial hit as that first or that initial pleasure as that like first hit same thing with food and the theme here is that there's consequences sometimes and even with food so food gives us so much pleasure sometimes we we can't stop eating sometimes we make our stomach hurt or we just eat shit that just isn't good for us for our bodies and our brains so these are things that because they cause so much pleasure we need to sort of have some restraint and a little bit of control with them another thing is that they light up a variety of senses so sight smell obviously touch and texture and hearing too like if you bite into something crunchy like that eating a potato chip or an apple or something is and hearing that happen like just think right now of you crunching like a perfect potato chip i bet your mouth is going to start watering the same thing with um you know, things that are, I don't know, I just think of like a cake or something. There's like a sound of eating cake. It's like moist, which I probably shouldn't say in this episode, or maybe I should. Like, you know, we were talking about WAPs last week and um, we should, that should be a theme in this episode too. And I don't know where this is going now, but the point is that there is senses involved with these things. Now, we should be in tune with these senses and we should explore these senses. The more we are present with these things and the more we savor them, the less we're going to feel the need to go out of control with them um, and sort of, you know, do something that isn't going to benefit us or has consequences. So the I'm going to get into the questions now. That was just sort of like a little bit of a primer on the connections between the two of them. The first thing I want you to think about with food and sex, do you know what you want and what you like? Like, honestly, I don't, I I think that, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. I think that with sex in general, especially heterosexual sex, penetration is like the gold, supposed to be like the gold standard. And there's so much more outside of that. There's so much more that can happen before and after 
But sometimes it's just like the rush for that. And then it's like over already. And it's like, okay, well, there's a bunch of other things that can happen and that exist. But sometimes we don't even know what we want and what we like because we don't allow ourselves to explore and savor and take our times. Same thing with food. Sometimes we just eat things because we're supposed to or you know, because even if you are on a healthy diet, you should still be liking what you're eating. Like, I love the way that I eat. And a lot of people are like, oh, you eat so healthy. I do, but I love the way that I eat. And it has taken me a lot of time to discover that and to allow myself to say, yes, I like food. I think many times we, if we deny that and we stuff it down with whatever else, if we deny that fact, then it's going to come out in another way, typically an eating disorder or just something that's not going to be healthy for you. The more you push down that desire, the more it's going to come out in another unhealthy way. So if you love food, some people don't like food that much and that's cool. But if you are one of those people that loves food, accept that part of yourself. Love that part of yourself. Explore that part of yourself. Figure out what you like. Same thing with sex. Like if you have to masturbate, like, well, not if you, you should be masturbating. You know, I, maybe I will share a little bit more about that in another episode, but that is something that I have done for a long time and there's nothing wrong with it at all. I hate that there is this like stigma surrounding all of this when of just like nobody talks about it. I mean, I have these conversations, like I said, with friends, with people, not like, I mean, I don't even know why I said random people because I'm not having these conversations with random people. But figure that out. Take time to explore yourself. Look at yourself. Like, see what's going on. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, And I know that for some people, it can be a little bit more difficult if you have some sort of trauma surrounding that. So, or a gender, you know, if you have, you know, some sort of... um, issue with gender or sexual trauma. Obviously, there can be things that are triggering around that. And but if you feel safe doing it, then perhaps explore it. Um, The next step in in this is can you ask for what you want and like? That's hard. Like, I don't think I started doing that until I was in my 30s. Because again, it's like there's this weird shame around it, especially if you come from like a strict family. And especially like I have friends who were sort of, well, not sort of, they were brought up in the church and in liberating themselves from the church, they had this like sexual identity, you know, like awakening where they had stuffed that part down and they were like, oh, actually I am a sexual person. And At the same time, like I said last week, it's all about energy. It's all about honoring that energy inside of you and releasing it and expressing it. And if you're told no, that you shouldn't, that you shouldn't ask for things, that you don't deserve things, like that's going to get wrapped up in your head. And those are part of the beliefs that I was speaking about earlier that have, um, that I've been dismantling over the last several years and especially in the last year and a half or so. So spend time knowing yourself. Journal. 10 minutes journaling every day. Sucks. (laughs) Don't want to do it, but that is how you know yourself. Again, like I said, masturbate, meditate, uh, explore with your partner, take 
time to see, like talk to each other, communicate, see what the other one likes, see what you like, the boundaries, the consent, like what is happening here? Be open to having a safe space and having that conversation and create a safe space to have this conversation. By no means am I saying that I'm like a relationship expert, by the way, at all. I'm just sort of sharing my experiences and what has worked for me because this is something that has been, you know, a big part of my life and something that I have grown a lot in, like I said, especially in the last couple of years, but something a big part of me that was stuffed down for forever. Another big thing is that you know, do you allow yourself to feel present and feel pleasure? With food, the reason that we feel frantic around food is because we're not present with it. The more we savor, the degree to which we savor a food is going to be equal to like most of the time. You know, what I'm trying to say here is that quantity of food does not equal pleasure. We think that in order to really love food and enjoy food that we need like a lot of it. And that's not necessarily true. We just need enough to savor and to satisfy us. So can we bring a really high degree of presence into uh, you know the times that we eat and the times that we are feeling pleasure with ourselves or with a partner? Can we just, usually it's like there's this rushing surrounding both of these things And I get it, especially for women around our teenage years, which are very formative. We are sort of, our identities are shaped around sex and food. You know, the cultural cues that we should start dieting begin. And also we begin to feel attracted to other people and those things are connected. So if you have taken that in for your whole life and you have now become an adult. If you haven't actively worked, when I say actively worked, I mean like with a therapist or like writing down your beliefs and literally telling yourself a new story every day, repeating, repeating, repeating over and over and over, that part of you is still going to be shut down and it has to do with food. Do you feel like you don't deserve it? Like that's a big thing. Same thing with cravings. Like we have these cravings and we're like, oh, I shouldn't, you know, give into this craving. I shouldn't give into this thing. Give into it in a way that feels good for you. If you're on an eating plan that isn't having sugar, can you have something else that's going to satisfy you? Can you, if you feel like you want to be with yourself sexually, can you go do that? Do you think that it is okay to do that? Why is there this shame and I'm talking for me, like I almost used to be like embarrassed to say that I did that. And there's no reason to say it. I'm talking like in my 20s and stuff. Like I've always talked about it with my friends, but I've, I always felt like this shame. I'm like, is anybody is like God watching me or something? <laughs> like because I grew up in that very um, strict environment where like expression was not highly valued, you know, obedience was valued. And because of that, you know, we learn to stuff ourselves down. How many times have I said that in this episode? But because of that, we begin to deprive ourselves, which keeps us in a constant state of discomfort. Deprivation feels frantic. The energy of it is not good. And there's a lot of guilt. Do you feel like you need to earn these things? Like you don't deserve it. All of these things create 
a disconnection. Another thing is to just savor, like I said, sit down, enjoy it, take your time. When we do that, it sends a signal to the body that we deserve to feel good. So enjoy your food with someone else and share in the pleasure. I do think that as opposed to doing it in secret, which is, you know, if you are, you know, somebody who is binging right now or something, typically when you're binging, you do it alone and in secret and you're not really even enjoying or tasting the food because you're just so frantic and you're never really present and focused on that bite. You're focused on the next incoming bite. And again, it never, that pleasure never comes again because of the law of diminishing returns. So be open about the fact that you want to enjoy your food. I owe it to this day, like it's been years and years now, that every time I eat something that is like, quote unquote, like whatever, just something that I don't eat very often, I'm always eating it with somebody else. Always. Because it just creates a connection and... uh There's nothing like sharing good food with somebody. So I really want you to think about these things because our guilt surrounding our love for food are, you know, the fact that we deprive, the fact that we feel shame sometimes around these things is going to tie into our relationship with sex too. So to what degree can you feel like you deserve that pleasure, that it is your birthright to have it and that your life will improve as a result of it. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's something that I am realizing is more true every single day. If I can be real with you guys, like I said at the beginning of this episode, that I I don't want to say I have completely fallen out of my habits. I haven't. But I sort of because of quarantine and because of all this stuff, which is just, I'm realizing now, a story that I had told myself, I had sort of let my habits slip a little bit and I wasn't showing up 100% the way that I wanted to. And it was normal to do that considering everything that had been going on. Like the world is very heavy. I'm very sensitive. That's a story I tell myself too. So I have really been trying to actively tell myself a new story to rise above, to really take care of myself, to take care of my brain, to take care of my body, to take care of my, the way that I show up, the energy that I bring. And I'm really feeling like everything is changing. And I will talk a little bit more about that in the next episode. But I hope you all enjoyed this. I hope that you got something out of it. If you have any resources that you want to share with me, please go ahead and share them. Send me a DM. Also send me a DM if you or an email or something if you want to let me know what you think. But I'm looking forward to talking to you all next week, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on Instagram.